Association. 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 That was such uber ponage. Hello, fellow nerds from the studios of WBNS Radio in Columbus, Ohio. This is the Nerd Association Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Barnett. And I'm your other host, Mark Finch. Here at the Nerd Association Podcast, we like to remind you that just because our jobs are cool, it doesn't necessarily make us cool. That's right. Now, normally, this is where we would go immediately to the topic. But we yes. have, but we have to implore our listeners. Of course, it is it is spooky season starting today, and uh, so we're going to be during the month of October. We're going to be tackling some scary movies, horror movies, what have you, um, or those that are inspired by that genre, at least as is the case today. But for our twenty fifth episode, which is going to be the last episode of October, uh, we want to do a thing where we uh, we're doing going to do a challenge, but it's going to involve us talking about some controversial pop culture topics and while we're going to do some brainstorming on that we'd like to hear what sort of controversial pop culture topics you'd like to hear mark and i debate about um so you can do that by going to our twitter at nerd underscore asoc n-e-r-d underscore a-s-s-o-c letting us know there or you can email us at nerdasoc at gmail.com and uh yeah let us know again pop culture controversy and it can be a it could be a hot take maybe you disagree with, but that you've heard a lot that you don't like. But we'll just take it in the hot take form. Exactly. So send those our way, and we'll put them together and talk about them. But without further ado, uh, Mark, what is uh, what are we talking about today? Well, Daniel, what do you think of when I say you've got red on you? <laughs> well, I think of uh, I think of the movie Shaun of the Dead, which uh, again further proof that I enjoy comedies. Um, <laughs> we talked about uh, starting off the spooky month with something maybe a little bit lighter, although uh, I don't know. The more and more we watch these like zombie post apocalyptic type movies, the more I, <laughs> the more I'm like, oh, this feels a little too close to. A little too close to, to home at the moment. Like they were on to something. Like maybe yeah. they knew that, you know, <laughs> knew something we didn't. Yeah, that's that's for sure. And it seems like, you know, Shaun of the Dead happens over just, uh, what, a two-day period. Mm-hmm. But this seems like something, it not it seems like it. We've been in stuff for six months now. Right, exactly. Um, and, you know, we talked uh, a month or two ago about 28 Days Later and... This film to me feels to be feels very inspired by 28 Days Later um, mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a lot of ways, or at least is kind of making nods to it and a lot of other zombie movies, uh, particularly like the Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead sort of the, genre. The Romero ones. Precisely. Which because the, the other Dawn of the Dead, the remake would have come out right around the same time. I think the same year. Both came out in 04. Yeah. Um, but the remake one is a Zack Snyder movie. It's very different. Also not really a scary movie, not a comedy. That one's actually more of an action movie where Shaun of the Dead leans obviously into comedy. For sure. Yeah, heavily. But as we said, definitely nods to to all of these movies, you know, the pop culture zombie references and such. So, mm-hmm. and like I said, while while I kind of joke about it feeling a little close to reality at the moment, definitely uh, a light-hearted take on those sort of movies with some poignant moments, of course, too, that we'll talk about. I've seen this movie a lot. It's been out for 16 years, and I probably saw it first when I was, what, 12 years old. So 
I've got yeah. a lot to say about it. I rewatched it just last night, but I think we, uh, I think we just pick up with like explaining what Edgar Wright did in this Cornetto trilogy a little bit. And this sure. one being the one that kicked it off. Absolutely. So Edgar Wright, filmmaker and Simon Pegg pretty much teamed up. Nick Frost, I think is in all three of them as well, mm-hmm. but uh, Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright teamed up. And I don't know if it was, fully intentional that it was all going to be this connected trilogy and they're not really connected what connects them is the cornettos which if you don't know and i'm not really familiar with them in for through experience but i know them because of this it's like a kind of like a drumstick but yeah in england precisely it, it's it's an ice cream cone pre-made that you buy out of the little ice cream bin at your local convenience store or whatever and in each one they they eat one and i think it's the red cornetto in this one which is fitting yeah. because there's a lot of red in this movie for sure the blood <laughs> well and and the, the trilogy is usually fully known as the three flavors of cornetto trilogy um because yeah i think in each film it's a different it's a different mm-hmm. color of cornetto and it has some sort of nod to what's going on in the film and i'm looking up now uh that, that they have <laughs> A variety of flavors, including strawberry, mint chocolate, nut, lemon, and whippy, which is a yogurt flavor with a chewy chocolate uh, center. Mm-hmm. And there are some also like specialty flavors that come throughout the year. Which different... one would you go for out of that listing? Oh, man. Probably the nut flavor. I, I When it comes to ice cream, I tend towards, I tend to lean away from fruit flavors and towards mm-hmm. like the more, uh, you know, chocolate, peanut butter, vanilla types of flavors, so... I think the I think that nut one sounds good, but I probably go the mint one. I'm a big fan of mint chocolate chip ice cream. All right, so that's where I'd probably go with the nut being a close second because that's kind of what a you know a drumstick here right is like with the chocolate covered nut outer casing. Yeah, for sure. But to move on from ice cream, yes, and into Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> so this one kicks it off, and it, it gives you this one was perfect for kicking it off because it hits all the staples that. Edgar Wright is going to hit and the way he makes his films and the interconnectedness of it, it's they always make things come back. Right. He, he always things that happen in the beginning of the movie, pay attention in an Edgar Wright movie because they're always going to be referenced in the back end. I think this one was a good one to start with because it's a familiar trope. It's a familiar uh, genre to yes. people because it follows pretty much exactly how most, you know, small scale zombie movies have gone like you're, night of the living deads and so on for sure obviously the title's based off Shaun of the dead but it's it, it, it follows i would say more closely to night of the living dead the original one yeah yeah and and as you said uh, the it's this movie is brilliant in the way that it drops those those tr- those hints early on that it comes back mm-hmm. to um and even th- i mean i think maybe my favorite of those and i know we'll get into kind of our favorite moments but i love the uh the idea of the shotgun behind the bar at the Winchester and that it's referenced over and over again, that that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's a fake gun. It's not going to work. And that it's in the moment where it, and it becomes an important kind of prop, not just as a weapon, but kind of as a, you know, in the tensest moments of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that he kind of just like swings it around nonchalantly and almost shoots his friends head <laughs> off. Yeah, well, because he gets he gets thrown the gun and then just uses it as a like a, a battering ram. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think th- things like that. Well, and just little details like it being the Winchester. You know, it is just 
insert bar here but instead of that they made the name of the bar and the i the theme of the bar actually means something in the story sure well and even things like you know um she says uh it's not the end of the world or or there's there's other places in the world than the winchester and it ends <laughs> up kind of being like well no this is kind of the last place or the you know mm-hmm. the place for the last stand um i think the comedy of them meeting up there with their sort of doppelganger group um, that's led by Yvonne, the the sort of yeah. girl that has a crush on Sean uh, in the movie, and that at the end they're the ones that sort of bring bring the heat, so to speak, with the military. <laughs> um, and we talked about Twenty Eight Days Later. I like the nod that in that in Twenty Eight Days Later, the military is lampooned as being kind of like a bunch of hotheads with guns who are just itching yeah. to get action. And in this one, they're the actual saviors. They come in, and 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 there's not even the incompetence. You have that moment of worry where are they going to shoot? Uh, Sean and his girlfriend down and no they just kind of you know kick ass and take names all around <laughs> yeah they just they just light everybody all the zombies up around them after you know they're they're outside for what five seconds yeah and then the military's there which is a happy moment but at the same time it's like man they were just like what 10 maybe 15 minutes late yeah exactly half, the other half of the group was still alive right before this precisely yeah moments earlier the mother was probably still going to meet her demise, but but yeah, had they gotten there just any time or you know fifteen to twenty minutes earlier, they would have been able to save everybody. <laughs> Although maybe they would have blown up the whole bar. Who knows? So yeah, which I mean, they didn't go as far as to actually do anything to themselves because they're talking about that in the cellar before they find the way out. But it kind of that moment reminds you. Have you ever seen the movie The Mist? Yes. At the end of that, that ending is so. Uh, dramatic and depressing and they almost do that in this movie yeah no I, I think it's the the places where they get serious and that's the thing that I really like about this movie too is it's it's a comedy but it's it definitely plays the dark part of dark comedy as much as it does the other I mean you have main characters dying in gruesome ways um and yeah the impl- and it's the implication that the, not only is the best friend uh you know Nick Frost's character um not only is he he dies or becomes zombified. Spoiler alert: you've had sixteen years to see see this movie, so I'm. <laughs> um, but not only does Ed become zombified, like yeah, there's that moment where they have to decide who they're going to shoot and how, and uh, uh, you know, it 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 plays the dark side as much as anything else. And then I think, um, we don't have to go into a super detail at this moment, but the aftermath of the of the what the incident uh z day z day correct and how or z day given that it's uh, yeah uk um and the way that the like the they exploit you know television exploits all these different <laughs> you have like the maury show you have yeah the you know the the reality television shows or the game shows with zombies on them they take this like threat that just shut down the country for an entire day and yeah they turn it into a joke and just fodder for reality tv and game shows and making them do menial service work right like returning carts at a supermarket yeah and it's only six months later i mean it's been yeah, it's like i mean it's you it just seems like yeah that, i mean that's the end of the movie but it seems like you're just playing with so much fire there that one wrong step and how quick could an outbreak happen well and and that it's all you know goes back to being a very capitalist sort of mindset. Well, how can we make money off of this? 
Mm-hmm. Um, well, and and the 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 sort of true crime or whatever whatever you want to call it show of the little kid who has to shoot his whole family. Like <laughs> next on zombies from hell. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and I kind of we've talked we talked about this in twenty eight days later. I like that they never quite tell you what caused it. There's the implication mm-hmm. of like there's this this light in the sky that crashes over over UK the UK, which by the way that just happened in Ohio and Pennsylvania, like a bright light <laughs> in the night sky that crashes <laughs> and no one knows why. So. Which that's sort of a an homage, I think, to Night of the Living Dead, because in that right. one, the radio is talking about that it might be something from space that is bringing the dead back to life. Yeah, but it's just right. mysterious. You have no idea, but maybe something from the sky. Well, and the nod to 28 Days Later, where they say, you know, some people believed it was radioactive monkeys that had been experimented on with some <laughs> virus. But now we all know that that's and it cuts off right. He's about to say, you know, bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if maybe the best way to go through this movie is to meet in the middle, kind of go over, like do it almost scene by scene. But when we get to something that actually gets referenced later, we'll we'll talk about what it hits later. Sure. And then eventually we'll kind of just be done with the movie, even though we won't get to the <laughs> far end of the movie because we just talked about the ending anyways. Yeah. So hit me. Where do we where do we start at the beginning? A very good place to start. All right. So we start at perfect this is a perfect uh piece of ingenuity for filmmaking they use all their extras as people and as zombies and they use them all for the opening title credits and all the people that are around them before the outbreak happens and i thought that was so that's that's the first callback is that you see the i don't know what they are hooligans or whatever with the whistles walking down the street and they're later on in the movie the zombies that attack uh phil the stepdad yeah you see mary who's later on in their backyard so and then if you pay attention you can only notice this mostly on a second watch but if you pay attention in the background at the beginning of the movie you're seeing a bunch of different uh people who show up as zombies later in well, the film. well yeah they the thing that i think is really brilliant about that first section is they kind of show him going about his daily routine and you know walking to the corner store and yeah you see the hooligans you see the kid with the soccer ball the guy washing his mm-hmm. car um, and and the sto- the store owner you see the guy in the tuxedo who's going to who's going to a wedding. Right, he shows up later. And and yeah, it's very it's very good clean uh, storytelling to give us the to lay the groundwork of what a typical day looks like for this guy, mm-hmm. Sean. And it includes even things like his roommate sitting there playing video games. The, the, the you know Ed the the other roommate yeah. getting ticked off and yelling at him about. You get the impression that like. The, this is kind of his daily routine. He gets yelled at. He gets put down, you know. And, well, and, and and the movie even starts with uh, him at the Winchester and that group of friends, or you know, if you want to call them that, the girl girlfriend Liz, and then her two roommates who they David all and Diane. David and Diane, and they all end up back in that in you know in that same mm-hmm. spot. Um, but and you, you don't know they're there at the beginning of the scene, which is the that great little line where it's not that I don't like it, Ed. And then it pans over, and she goes, "It's not that I don't like you, Ed." Yeah, it, for for sure, it's it's a uh, it's a really neat place to jump in and introduces you to the cast of characters and their personalities immediately. Um, but mm-hmm. does a good job of show not tell with that too, you know? Yeah, and well, and then the in those opening scenes where he's going about his day, it's monotonous and almost zombie like. So they kind of you know show that like <laughs> these people are already almost zombified just going through their average day on the bus walking to the corner store whatever they don't really notice what's going on around them and then that comes back 
later on the actual Zed day. Sure. Well, and and they even play with that trope a couple of times of having, you know, um, of having Sean and Ed shuffle around, kind of make those sorts of noises. And then it's just that they're, you know, just woken up and stretching and that sort of thing. So I also think the number of times they play with this idea of like, oh, somebody's homesick. You know, I'm in mm-hmm. he Sean ends up being the manager because there's enough people that are homesick that are ahead of him that he is sort of default in charge. Even though he works with a bunch of teenagers and he probably should be in charge. Right. By but, now. Yeah, he should have been in charge by now anyway. Because, um, yeah, yeah, even though he has a job and a girlfriend, his life isn't that much more put together than Ed's. No, not not in the slightest. Um, well, <laughs> on the outside looking in, it might look like it, but not really. When you have Pete who has to go to work on a Sunday because everyone's sick, he comes home with a splitting headache because he got mugged. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, again, planting these things. Uh, well, and the you know the stepdad um, being sick, and you know he got attacked. I like how they, they play with that idea a lot. As though that's yeah. a pretty that's a more normal idea is that he got a mugged or that somebody kind of got bitey. I liked, <laughs> you know, them somebody got bitey. I ran it under a cold tap. <laughs> that's his that's his response to getting bit by you know what turns out to be a zombie. But right. I think he just says like a crackhead or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Moving on from that like first scene, we know that we know that Sean is on the rocks with his girlfriend, which is a big theme throughout the movie mm-hmm. as well. And she doesn't want to go to the Winchester every night, which is another running theme of they always have to go to the Winchester. Um, so he promises her that the next day they're going to they're going to go out to dinner and he's going to make it up to her and they're going to they're they're going to figure this out and he's going to try to be better. And of course, he doesn't do right. any of that. Well, and that ties into to, uh, you know, Ed not taking messages for anybody else. Yeah. Uh, you know, that that part of it. And then he's stressed out by this very menial job where he's suddenly the manager. And so when his girlfriend calls him, you know, he kind of ignores what she's saying because mm-hmm. he's getting guff from one of his younger employees who had just like interrupted their work meeting to try to buy weed from Ed, <laughs> <laughs> which is also something that comes back later in the film, which is clever. Um, but yeah, so they're setting it up. And then, of course, Philip, the the stepdad, stops by his shop to and he remind. He already looks zombified. Yeah, he already looks pretty bad. To remind. Oh, him, by the way, that's Bill Nye. Yes, Bill. Well, yeah, we had just talked about him, <laughs> um, and yeah, he. This is a funny place for him to show up. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He's just because of the other some of the other roles you think of him being in. Um, yeah. This is just kind of a funny place for him to show up. He's uh, he plays Davy Jones in Pirates of the Caribbean for those who yes. are trying to figure out. And I always thought it was Nighy, but you're but you have said, and I think you're right that it is just pronounced Nye. Um, but yeah, he so, he shows up in, in usually in much more serious roles. Yes, and usually more uh, pronounced. He's so subdued yes. as this character Phil, which is if you know you know I. I get the impression watching this movie that there, while I I think we can appreciate it for exactly what it is, there's probably a lot of references and things that because we're not as familiar with British television and British cinema, and like the the character like the the extras and things that probably if we really knew British cinema we would be recognizing all a bunch of cameos that probably <laughs> go over yeah, our heads that's otherwise. True. Um, well, because like even like the talk shows they use when they're flipping through the channels, which they use. That's a great 
little detail adder. They put plenty of little hints of what's going on as they're just flipping through channels, which they do a period of uh, a multiple times throughout the movie. But like the talk shows, those are like real talk shows, right? Over there. Well, and and as you said, a lot of the cameos are either as zombies or in those uh, those sorts of drops mm-hmm. on the news. For instance. Um, I was going to see Mark Gaddis. I looked up cameos because I knew there had to be stuff I was missing. But Mark Gaddis, who is like a huge television developer and usually plays some sort of role in his television shows, Sherlock, the BBC Sherlock series is one that he developed. Yeah. Um, he's in it. Martin Freeman is in it. Um, and of yeah, course, I couldn't decide if Martin Freeman is a cameo there or if he's just still like working his way up. But he would have already been in the office. Correct. Which was, uh, a pretty i think a hit over there obviously the show has reached higher planes here in america right. with the american version but yeah i think martin freeman would have been a known actor at that point but because it's a non-speaking role he's just he's playing the part of liz in the counterpart correct group. yeah and you get the impression too like as you read more simon Pegg kind of knows and is friends with everyone in <laughs> in the uk <laughs> so like he is Chris Martin and Johnny Buckland from Coldplay are in it talking about yep. um, the zombie charity at the end. Zombade. Zombade. And uh, so I found out that Simon Pegg is Chris Martin's daughter's godfather. Or <laughs> an easier way of saying that, Simon Pegg is the godfather of Chris Martin's daughter. So, yeah. you know, kind of did him a favor and showed up there and also performs um, one of the songs in the movie. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where were where did that start bill nye that's where that started yes <laughs> shows up to so, to remind uh sean to buy flowers for his mother that he forgot on mother's day yeah and then for some reason while he's still at work to prove that he cares about his job to some 17 year old he works with he completely ignores his girlfriend calling him with important information about that evening correct and it's just like get your priorities straight who cares what this little you know this kid this twerp thinks of you listen to your girlfriend who you're already in a bad situation with and because he especially because he has that moment where now he feels like he can't make personal phone calls or can't make Mm -hmm. deal with personal business then he doesn't book the restaurant doesn't book the table and uh and so obviously you know there comes the moment when he gets home and she calls him and says, what's the plan? And he has failed to get a, a reservation at the... Which there has to be a restaurant to go to. I'm not super familiar with how the layout of a British city or smaller town might be, but there has to be somewhere besides the Winchester. But he promised her the raw fish place, okay. which, is the, which is a sushi bar, right? So a more upscale sort of dinner. Yeah, and and he couldn't get into the raw fish place, which I had. To, it took me a couple of times of him saying that, because I just kept saying he's saying that he, they're going to go to the fish place, and then I realized, oh no, it's a sushi bar. It's the raw fish place. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, actually, I I I mean, I knew they had said fish, but I couldn't catch what that first word was either. Sure. So that's a a new detail for me. Uh, one of my <laughs> when he's trying to get the reservation for some reason, I've always like this or it's like always made me like interested when he bites the phone yeah the way he bites it is i think that's probably a reference to zombies biting too but the way he bites it is just so odd to me and it's always for some reason made me raise an eyebrow every time i see that scene because he bites it like he's gonna like he's gonna eat it like he's not just 
pretending to bite it. He bites it like you would a sandwich. Right. Well, and 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 it is it's definitely a nod to you know, later in the film, what's going to be happening, although kind of a, a red herring because he doesn't end up being a zombie. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a nod to what is what is soon to come. Uh, I, I don't know. I've that's a that's a um, a thing some people do if they're frustrated, they'll mm-hmm. bite their knuckle or they'll bite, you know, bite uh, some inanimate object as a sort of usually yeah. as a way to keep from shouting or screaming. You know what I mean? Um, I prefer to shout. Well, yeah, we know that about you. Well, it's 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 funny because the office is empty right now, except for like us producers who go back in there. So whenever <laughs> I get frustrated, I just I just nah. let it out now. There's nobody there. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to worry about it. Exactly. The only other person there is in a soundproof room down the hall. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, uh, so th- things are bad with Liz, and he yes. uh, and he goes over to try to make amends. He takes the flowers that he's bought for his mother without removing the tag, as yep. we find out, and uh, tries to play it off. That's the best part. Yeah, like like oh, I'm you were anyway. He goes over to the apartment. The Diane and David are there because they're the roommates, and they're not going to let him in. And he and he jokes that he's going to climb up to the to the apartment. Yeah, and of course, Which... m- moments later, he hits the buzzer again and says, "Let me in." <laughs> Yeah, and so that's a detail that they come back to later when he goes to save her uh, on the day where all the zombies are around that he tries to buzz in, but then too many zombies are coming around him, and then he actually does climb up right. to, their second, to their second floor balcony. Yeah, and uh, we'll, we'll touch on this more th- as we talk, but I do think it's interesting how they set him up to be this sort of inadvertent hero. He's never really heroic, but... But they kind of are showing this as his moment that he's been, I don't know, that he's been waiting for, not even consciously, but that he suddenly has like the grit to, he does climb up to the apartment. He is able to yeah. pick the spot that's defensible for long enough to keep some of them alive. You know, those sorts and, of ideas. Well, and she, when they're having this argument, she lists a bunch of things that he needs to change or give up or whatever. Right. And he the the events of the next day allow him to show his worth to her that he is doing something that is valuable because right now yeah it just looks like he's just kind of a bum who just kind of skates through life because that's another thing she says she doesn't want to end up just going to the winchester every night for the rest of her life and in 30 years thinking what happened right and it ends up kind of being the place that saves them in their yeah. lives but also their relationship and again we'll get to that so the the fight happens. There is the, this is the first time they introduce the idea that David is really in love with Liz. That he's just kind of hanging around uh, to be close to her, even though he's dating Liz's friend. And everybody knows it, even yeah. though they won't admit it. <laughs> exactly. And later we find out that even Diane is like, "I know. I just have gotten over it. You know, I've yeah. made, I've come to peace with it." So. <laughs> I love it when it would Simon uh, when Sean says that, and he's, he leaves, and then David's like what do you mean by that? And it's just silent. And then he goes, I don't know what he meant by that. (laughs) (laughs) And then of course, where do they, so he goes home. Uh, Ed finds out that he's, that Liz has dumped him. And where do they go? He goes straight to the Winchester because he still has the flowers. He throws the flowers out. Oh, you're right. You're very right. Yeah. Meets and meets up with Ed there. And, Mm -hmm. and they, they see the couple making out. Presumably at this point, they're still just making out when he goes into the Winchester. Correct. And then when, when they leave, it's something different, and it's and it's you know it's suggested that it's hours later, 
But that's yeah. but that's where they they start introducing you to to some of the characters that you'll see in the Winchester as zombies later and kind of giving you their backstories. Yep. The the idea of the gun not being real is brought up again, and also the idea that dogs can't look up, <laughs> which uh, I don't think is true. No, it's definitely one hundred percent not true. Because <laughs> I remember seeing this movie when I was younger, and we had a dog. My parents did kind of looking at him, being like, ah. Yeah, kind of lightly, like seeing like how far he and I'm like, I think he can look up. Yeah. He, so, yeah. <laughs> it, well, what like, is it? Big Al says that. Yeah, exactly. And 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 it's like you can't believe anything Big Al says. Uh, Big Al's also the one that says the gun is real, right? Yes. Okay. And then they also the woman who's at the bar all the time. She's an ex porn actress. Like, yeah. I don't know. They just come up with these very funny backstories for these otherwise um, pretty boring looking characters. Yeah, and the other big detail while they're in the bar, just kind of British term here, pissing the night away. Yeah, they're they're sitting there, and Ed comes up with the the classic like degenerate friend. We're drinking right now. Idea for the next day. Let's just wake up and keep drinking. Which I've I think I've said it before. I know I've had friends who have said it before, and it usually just ends up not being something you do. Well, because and, it's like such a bad drunken idea. And another key detail is he suggests they go to like a uh, a more a younger crowd bar and pick up a couple of girls. Yep. T- take them home and you know do their thing, and then go and keep drinking some more. So this he, is all- well because. And also what he says, like, outlines, like, what's going to happen for the rest of the movie. Right. So I have the quote right here. He says, Bloody Mary first thing, who right. meet Mary in the garden. That's the first zombie they encounter, mm-hmm. or at least the first one they notice they encounter. Correct. A bite at the, a bite at the king's head, which is, uh, I believe, a reference to Philip getting bitten. Correct. And then a couple of little princess, which is what you said, stagger back here and bang which is picking up the two girls and getting back to the the winchester right and then he goes back at the bar for shots which they get the gun and they start shooting later that evening yeah yeah i don't think i quite got all of the but that's very good i mean just to lay it out in that pretty blatant really (laughs) yeah it's not it's it's thin it's thinly veiled in the sense that if you're not thinking ahead or if you haven't seen it, you would completely miss that the first time through. And again, I don't it just think sounds normal. Yeah, and it yeah. just sounds like exactly the plan Ed is talking about, which so it turns out that his plan that doesn't happen at all does sort of happen exactly how he plans it. Yeah. Uh I also am looking at Bill Knight, and I think he looks he looks a little bit like Prince Charles, but I think he looks kind of like uh, Queen Elizabeth's dad. Yeah. Edward the <laughs> the Eighth. Okay. He kind of looks like Edward the Eighth. Or no, Edward George the, the no, George the Sixth. Let's look at that. Yes, actually Bill Nye looks a ton like George the Sixth, who was who was uh, Queen Elizabeth's father. So what? He was born in like 1801. Right, uh, eighteen ninety-five. Okay, so not that I, you know. That's just a joke at the Queen's expense, which I think we can get away with here. Sure. Well, I I just think it's the calling him the King's Head. I think he does. In fact, he pro- if there's ever yeah. a movie of him, it's quite possible that Bill Nye would play this guy. So anyway, which I guess there was. 
but it, and he didn't. Uh, Colin Firth did. But okay, all right. I'm speculating myself into a corner here. Anywho, so they they as you said, they leave the bar. The couple is still quote unquote making out mm-hmm. until one of their heads falls off. Uh, yeah, as soon as they turn away, so they miss it. But as soon yeah, because they, they look away, over, kind of like man, get a room, sort of yeah. <laughs> gesture, and then the head falls off. And there was a there was a, a zombie that tried to break into the bar because they we're, apparently yeah, we're he closed. lets people stay a little bit a little bit after hours, you know, to finish their last call or whatever. But right. he, the bar is closed because they had done the the deadbolts, which is a reference to how heavy the doors are, right? And how um, yeah, but, how well barricaded it can be from from zombie mm-hmm. incursion. But yeah, so they leave. They see the couple making out. Head falls off. They're walking down. They're singing a song. I don't even know what song it is, but they're singing some sort of song. And then they get there, and then they hear a guy who they think is just kind of similar to them, staggering home drunk because he's just kind of moaning and just you know stumbling, doing the bass part. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So then they let then they do 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 do, and then they go to him to yeah. So uh, then they get home and they're like, "We're gonna play electro." Yeah, exactly. They they get out the turntable. They start uh, they start playing some some of the hip hop, not hip hop electro, and <laughs> that's where Pete comes downstairs and has his freak out and says, "You know, I've got a splitting headache. A guy mugged me," uh, and you know, and this is also kind of where another kind of explosion happens, and he's just nasty. Ends up being nasty to Sean and Ed. Yeah, and he throws the another reference to something to come. He throws the record out like a, like a I guess vertical frisbee. Yeah, is kind of like the way <laughs> they do it. Um, the and then Ed goes, "Why did they bite you?" And he goes, "I don't know. I didn't stop to ask them." Yeah, <laughs> he's just so angry at them. You mentioned he references his whole department is out sick, so he's got to go to work right on a Sunday. And uh, and the doors open again. The front door is open again and slams it shut yeah and so that obviously that keeps coming up (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and then they go to bed and they get up and it's as you know starts off as we said kind of as a normal morning for sean he goes through his paces but at every step in his routine he uh drunkenly stumbles by zombies that would you know be doing the things that their human counterparts if you want to call them that would normally be doing (laughs) yeah and what seemed like you know just random details you would have to fill out a scene to make it look like it was a real street are all juxtaposed there to their zombie counterpart now. Right. And as you said, like the hooligans are there. There's the, the car that was being washed has a big brick through the front window. Mm -hmm. Um, He gets to the shop. The shopkeep isn't there. There's blood on the floor right near the, he, that he likes slips slips in. he, He slips on that. There's blood on the, on the, the soda case but he doesn't notice it because he's looking the other way when he opens the soda case. Little, uh, I don't know if Easter eggs right word, but he he picks up the Coke and puts it down and picks up the Diet Coke, which I think is a reference to him trying to be better for Liz, which yeah. is a pretty soft effort, but hey, it's man. something. Exactly. And that's where he gets the strawberry Cornetto. Mm-hmm. Right there, man. And he doesn't he doesn't have enough change to So he owes him 15p, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then he he leaves. You see some more zombies down the street at this point, and he the I think the last one he really encounters on that whole walk is the the homeless guy, the panhandler, yeah, who had asked him for change yesterday, and he had given him change. But then today he's like, oh, I didn't even have enough to pay the play pay the shopkeep. 
but it turns out that he's a zombie and his dog is gone, which doesn't come up at all. But I just thought that's interesting how he had the dog the day before. Right. And no dog now. Maybe he ate it because they do show one of the zombies attempting to eat a pigeon earlier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, just the implication that something's different, whether he's eaten it or it's run away. Obviously, <laughs> the dog knew something was up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he re- he returns home and Ed not on the couch anymore, not in his normal spot. And he sits down. And he's flipping through the channels and they combine the you know where the previous words left off with the next one to kind of describe actually what's going on with like a little mashup scene. Yeah, which is very it's, clever and very is like a you know a lot of fun how they how they tell you the whole story without telling you the story yeah. in one and place. It's, it's not auto tuned, but it's a little before its time. That seems like something that we've gone past it now, but like things you would have seen on YouTube probably five, six years later. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that's where, you know, there's a girl in the garden. <laughs> yep. And uh, as you said, it's Bloody Mary. That's where we start. Um, and I, I have to laugh at how, I don't know, there was just something that struck me about the scene, that scene where they put this girl's in their backyard or this woman's in their backyard and they push her and she falls and she like gets impaled on this uh, bottom of an umbrella stand and and is yeah, presu- the anchor. And to them is presumably they've just murdered someone. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the just, I don't know, just something about that scene and the way they're just going like, "Whoa, should we just go inside?" Like, <laughs> like what? Uh, I don't you know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Something about that was just kind of. They just don't take anything seriously when they still think she's just like drunk or whatever, and right. she stumbles onto him. She knocks Sean over. Ed runs in. He goes, "Just one second. And he runs in, takes, and he gets a he gets a camera, and he goes, "Okay, smile," and he like, and then and even she, Sean plays along and turns her head. Well, and she yeah, she's like, and <laughs> and you know they both look at the camera for the picture. Yeah, and then yeah, they push her over onto the. The stand, she ends. Up, she does get up, but yeah, they don't. I guess they do try to call nine one one. That's good, and it's busy. You're right. Yeah, because they try to call for an ambulance. They try to then it's a fire truck. And it's just anything with lights. Just to call yeah. call for something with lights. And it's it's what does he say? He says engaged, which I understand what he means, but that's not terminology I've ever used. Sure, stateside here, but well, and then it, well, but then remember he calls Liz, and she's engaged, and Ed says, "Well, that yep. was quick." <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you think that the anything with lights is a reference to the military vehicles that show up later and then like turn on the the headlights or the spotlights? Because remember their their introduction be, is yeah. that they show up and the the reason you know they're there is because the lights flash on. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just a little nod, but it could be a nod. Maybe it's a maybe it's a nod because they flash the lights later on outside the winchester when they're messing with the circuit breaker could be and that attracts more zombies to their space so it actually is a detriment to have something with flashing lights sure who yeah who knows that maybe those are just little nods (laughs) to those sorts of things or maybe not at all but but then continuing their slacker ways they they decide their best course of action at this point is to sit down and watch tv which isn't the worst thing because it's at least informative they at least settle on the news right um but they're just sitting there and as they're sitting there this is i think the funniest just moment it's not really a joke but just the moment of the of the movie where the so the guy who's in the wedding tuxedo stumbles in because they left the front door open you see him the day before behind uh sean in the convenience store he stumbles in and they look up at him 
like kind of confused at first and then the way they scream and the way like simon Pegg has his hands like straight up in front of him yeah in the air and ah yeah with like the zoom that's very good i I also like i want to draw draw attention to the moment right before that where the newscaster just has to calmly talk about um removing the head or damaging the brain um myself yes (laughs) and that if i'm being really honest as a person who's been in news for 10 years now every time i see a movie like that and there's another movie that's a more serious zombie movie called pontypool which is told from the perspective of, of a small town radio dj and his producer like learning tidbits about a zombie apocalypse and reporting it out on the radio every time i see a movie like that i think I don't know. It kind of it hits me just in a special place where I'm like, oh, <laughs> there, yeah. but for the grace of God goes, goes I, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and then it's like, yeah, well, it puts into perspective the days we think are tough. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm sure for there's different things in media for different people that hit them differently because it's about mm-hmm. their profession. But that's the one for me in that movie where I'm like, oh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So then so, they're out in the garden, the backyard, and another zombie shows up. They, because uh, mm-hmm, they, well, the two zombies had just broken through the, the glass door that led to the garden. So right. they're like, well, we got to d- do something about that. And it ends up that, as you said, the, th- the, the sort of call to the records or the call forward or call back to the records where they start using them as projectiles. And, yeah. But they have to decide which ones are worth throwing and which ones aren't. <laughs> so they're going through the Batman soundtrack. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's that, that's a very uh, funny sort of nod as to, to what's good and what's not there yeah so and then they uh they just mentioned that the shed that the shed was locked and so just right after that simon or sean i keep saying simon peg but yeah. sean decides ah oh, well, just screw it and he jumps he just jumps through the yeah bodily <laughs> yeah um and it's full the shed is full of plenty of things to use in a situation like that so good for them yeah well, and I think it shows you that's the moment where they start to re- realize the reality of the situation they're in, where it's no you're no longer like neatly unlocking doors if you need to. You're going to crash crap down if you have to. <laughs> yeah. So this isn't. Yeah. We're, we're not, not trying to preserve anything besides your life at this point. Right. Essentially. And uh, well, and, and then that's when they come up with the game plan of where they need to go. And oh, Sean's mom calls. And yes. and that's when we learn that Philip has been bitten, and so that they're. And I love they they drop the music immediately when he learns that it's just Philip, and he's like, "Oh, it's just Philip." Oh, and that's then fine. It's like, "Is your mom okay?" And he's like, "No, Philip's been bitten." And he goes, "Oh, okay." Yeah, and, well, and then every version of their plan is just like, "Well, we'll kill, we'll go over there, we'll get my mom, we'll kill Philip," or "Okay, well, we'll go here, and then <laughs> yeah. we'll, but then and then we'll off Philip, and then it's like it's like, and we'll do Philip." Yeah. yeah, they just every time they reiterate the plan, it's just like he's less and less humanized, which is very funny. Uh, you know, so the, of- the three, the three plans. The first one ends up at Liz's apartment. Right. So they go get his mom, kill Philip, go to Liz, and stay there. But Ed can't smoke there. Right. Um. So then, maybe that's the second one. It doesn't matter. The point is that they get to their third plan because they have to have somewhere where they can smoke, somewhere that's safe, which is why their apartment doesn't work. Right. Because it's clearly been compromised already. And uh, there's a third aspect to the why the plan has to work, but it's smoke, safe, and something else. I can't yeah. remember off the top of my head. But and isn't it? Isn't it get drunk? Is it? I well, think no, it's get, they change. 
because yeah the first two plans are to are to just eat, drink tea and wait for this all to blow over but when it turns to the winchester yeah it's enjoy a nice pint and wait for this all to blow over yeah exactly yeah boy and they, <laughs> they slam their their weapons together yeah one Wait. one one detail before they head to the mom's house. Pete. Yeah. Pete. <laughs> and then and then Ed takes it upon himself. Oh, prick. Yeah. And they go. That's well, just he's irritated. not here. Well, no, they say he's irritated with us. They land on he's either sick or he's irritated with us. <laughs> and they finally realize that if he doesn't answer, it must be that he's irritated with them. Yeah. Um, cuz then they yeah, they take his car. <laughs> and they After- go after Sean finds out he's actually turned into a zombie, he must have died while trying to get ready for work. Yes, because he he's was in the shower. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so they go to they go to the the mother's house. The jaguar is outside, which I think is funny. You know how that gets played back upon. Um, it's it's funny because Ed just said how much he always wanted to drive Pete's car. Yes, and now and it's I've always this... wanted to drive a jag. <laughs> exactly they yeah so they go in the mom's trying to act like nothing's wrong uh and kind of in in the same vein you get the impression that philip knows more than he's letting on as to like he kind of gets that something he because he's watching the news so he kind of gets the impression he might something else might be wrong but he's trying to keep a stiff upper lip right Mm -hmm. um and they decide you know they're gonna go they're going to get Liz and they're going to go to the Winchester. And that's the plan. And his mom's perfectly willing to go along with it, but not unless Philip's going to, because they, that's, and, they try to convince her Philip's gone. Mm-hmm. We need to just go. No, not without Philip. So they end up with him in the car. Uh, be- well, and they have to take the Jaguar because, because Ed just crashed <laughs> in- Pete's car. Into intentionally a crashed Pete's bar- car into the pole is definitely the implication. <laughs> Because well, you were parked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so they're in the Jag. Uh, they're playing the the heavy metal, which, you yeah. know. And Phil gets bit one more time right before they get in the Jag. Correct. Yeah, and they have to kind of just go flying off. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, in that that drive is where they kind of start to try, again, try to let his, uh, his mom know, like, stuff's, this is bad. Philip's going to be... Phillips no more or soon is, is you know will soon be no more mm-hmm. um and that's when they you know show up at at Liz and David and Diane's apartment as you referenced earlier he ends up having to climb in um and they're still kind of like they're they're at the place where uh Sean and Ed were not too much earlier where they're still a little bit in denial that something is going on and they're kind of just ready to wait it out in their apartment yeah um, and he, which I guess Ed needs to smoke, but I don't understand why their apartment wouldn't be safe. Well, it's on the second floor at least, but maybe they don't try. I mean, it is a glass door on the ground floor. Yeah. Well, and, so. and, and you get the impression too. some of the things that are at the Winchester, like I said, the heavy door, the rifle, um, David is definitely not giving any sort of help in that department he talks about how he does like own a car in london like i uh, know i'm a pacifist and so you know yeah. he's pretty much useless and the, even the weapon he brings like at least diane brings like a field hockey stick right he brings an umbrella which is gonna <laughs> break if you hit somebody over the head with it one time right the very umbrellas first. are not sturdy <laughs> the point of umbrellas is that they're lightweight and portable yeah um 
and by the time they get downstairs the the you know they get in the car but the car gets overrun as you said philip gets bitten again um i do think it's funny by the way that david and diane and liz get in the car with somebody who's clearly sick with yeah. with really with no hesitation um yeah not like not like uh oh he got bit but we don't you know they don't know about that he's literally bleeding out of the neck and holding napkins yeah. <laughs> to his bleeding neck which Somebody, I mean, even without the infection of the zombie virus, would probably die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and and they are all like packed in six in this little car, seven, seven in this little car. <laughs> yeah. And that's the moment where Liz meets uh, Sean's mother for the first time, which is you know just oh, hi. yeah, <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, they again on that journey, they kind of get overrun by. Well, don't they burn like they burn out doing uh, no, because Ed's doing trying to do tricks. What they what happens is Ed is playing the music, the rock music really yeah. loudly, which is which he did in the other car, too, when they could have been listening to more newscasts, Precisely. which probably would have been helpful. But either way, Phillips asking him to turn it down because he obviously doesn't like that music. And uh, Sean gets him to to turn it down. And then Philip explains how he tried his best to be a father for Sean. Right. You know, it just, he was already so grown up when they, when they met and it just didn't really work out. And he just hopes that he could have been a good example. And then Philip passes away. Yeah. So then he's telling Ed to stop the car probably so they can pay their respects and get him out of the car too. Right. And then that's the moment he turns. Yeah. And cause he's like, Ed, you never take anything seriously. Then he's like hitting the back of the chair. Right. And, his mom's like what's wrong and he's like it's it's philip he's dead and she looks back and she goes no, no he's, not. he's not and then <laughs> the perfect framing of that where he's covering philip with his head and then the camera just pans over just enough that you see philip and then he he opens his eyes in his mouth and just goes <sighs> yeah it just like hisses at them as he becomes reanimated or there's a group of zombies that like accost the car so they have to leave yeah. the car go on foot they have to escape yeah they have to escape philip who's in there and they lock him in there and and of course, the Sean child goes, locks are on the door still. So. <laughs> yes, and while they're trying to get out, somebody uh, somebody climbs through the the sunroof. I think it's Liz, and she hits the radio, which turns on the really loud rock uh, yeah. music cassette <laughs> and, again. And, and Sean goes, "Nothing in that car is left of your husband." And then he reaches and turns off the music. So yeah. <laughs> it's kind of their first hint that there's a little bit right of the people in there, which they. They bring up later with like responding to their motor skills with Ed at the very end of the movie right. doing something. He's still playing video games, stuff like that. Um, that there's just a little bit. He calls out to Pete when they meet up with him again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that little hint that well, and they they play on that a little bit too with the having them be, you know, low low skilled workers and things. That there yeah. is something left in them that is that can think or has can be trained or whatever um which is different than some zombie movies some go full on out that like just they don't animalistic right yeah yeah um so then this is the where they have to go through the yards they run into their counterparts or their sort of doppelganger group mm-hmm. um which is a funny little nod this is also where <laughs> sean ha- jumps the fences and does so quite poorly which they call back to in hot fuzz Correct, where he is yeah. able to just start hopping fences, which is another film that at some point we should talk about. Because I, as much as I like Shaun of the Dead, I think I like Hot Fuzz more. 
Yeah, I I like Shaun of the Dead more because I'm a huge zombie movie yeah. fan. But Hot Fuzz is probably objectively a better film. And of course, this is where they have the encounter where Shaun's mom um, wants to stop in on these neighbors that she knew. Just yeah, like not only is she like sort of in denial, she just never really gets it. Right. That anything is it different. Just never, yeah, it just never fully clicks with her that like she's just kind of along for the ride. This is what we're doing today. We're yeah. <laughs> walking through the yard and avoiding people who are trying to eat us, but. All right, I'm at least I'm with my son. I guess it's her mindset. Right. Um and so and then that's where we find out later that she gets bitten, she gets injured. Uh, yeah, I guess they play with that that she's like a little flighty too because when she tries to serve Sean tea, he's, she's like two sugars, right? And he goes, "I haven't had sugar in my tea since 1982." And yeah. she goes, "Oh, that's right." Well, and two then when they do the whole uh where the Diane is trying to get teach them how to act like zombies, she's not doing anything differently and she looks at her and says oh very good and that's our first hint that something is amiss oh i'm sorry miles away dear (laughs) yeah um so they they end up stumbling towards towards the pub and doing their zombie act which is you know that's ridiculous quote unquote uh (laughs) they make it there just fine yeah the in the first season of the walking dead they do a similar thing, but in a much more grotesque way. They cut open zombies and lather themselves up with the rotting innards of the zombies. But in Shaun of the Dead, more lighthearted. Yeah. So they just pretend to be zombies, which somehow works. Yeah. Well, and uh, uh, keep put a pin in rubbing yourself with zombie innards because there was a moment in the film where I kind of like yelled at the screen. But we'll come back to that. Um, okay. Yes, they make it to the Winchester. The front door is locked, and it's David who decides, who finally decides he's going to do something. But the thing mm-hmm. he does is to make the the place less secure. Yeah, and this is after all the zombies are looking at them because of Ed. Right, because the phone Ed rings. Answers Ed answers a call and is like nonchalantly talking with a guy about how he doesn't have any weed to sell right now. And it's the same guy. It's the seventeen year old who is calling him <laughs> again. It's like, you all right? You got anything? Uh, who does not make it through the day. Who does not make it through the day, correct. Yeah, he's pushing carts by the end of it. Right. Um, and so... But yeah, so they David make- throws... He throws a trash can through the window and empties it out in which Sean's mom finds the flowers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, and then Sean leads, leads the zombies away in a heroic moment. Because they can't go in there because the zombies will just follow them in through the window, so we have to make sure that they're distracted by something else right and so in a moment where you wonder if this is the thing where movies sometimes kill the most popular actor yeah (laughs) he runs off with the zombies following him and they make their way inside and you know this is where david starts kind of start losing his stuff you know losing his mind a little bit uh Mm -hmm. we you know we came here it was sean's plan where's he gone you know he's abandoned us and here we are and like what good what good what is now? it? We're gonna eat cheese puffs, and... right? And you know, get pissed and. <laughs> and then, what is the one he throws that Sean likes? It's the pork bits or whatever. Yeah, and he, which is, I'm guessing is like kind of like a pork rind type. Right. Yeah, he's throwing snack. the snacks at the different the you know the people in the pub with him and and you know getting kind of nasty and that's where he throws it and Sean grabs it out of the air mm-hmm. and and uh, it's like oh yeah I'm a favorite <laughs> and and like how did you get inside and he's like well I told you there was a back door like <laughs> that's how I came in 
which creates another funny moment later on. Right. But, I mean, I guess we're basically there. Then, we're there, yeah. Then it's just like, a, what are we going to do? The power's not on. We're just kind of stuck here. Ed gets <laughs> Ed gets him a beer, and he goes, "Sorry, it might be a bit. <laughs> it might be a bit. Co- it might be a bit warm. The cooler's not on." He goes, "That's okay, thanks, babe." And he winks at him. Yeah, yeah, your boyfriend. He's not my boyfriend. <laughs> thanks, babe. <laughs> he hands him a beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then, because he knows a little bit more about the bar layout, being a avid patron, Sean's like, "Well, there's a circuit breaker. We'll just go check that." So he goes to check that. And the whole time, flip on. Th- throughout this entire scene, David, every every plan that comes up, David's just like, no, that's stupid. No, that's stupid. No, that's stupid. And of course, it's all working because these, you know, <laughs> yeah. Sean knows this better than than anybody. And, and it seems well, and like David's, he's doing that super annoying thing where he doesn't offer any solutions. He's just shooting down all of them. Right. Like, I remember this happened when I was in college. We were doing like a group project for they always make you do group projects in college. Learn kids. You're gonna have to learn to work in groups. But there was a, in one of my groups, there was a student that was constantly like shooting down any idea we had for our project, which it was still kind of in a brainstorming area. But at a certain point, it got to like, let's get things done. This is due in a week or whatever. We have to make decisions. And she would just continually shoot ideas down. And I like at one point, I was just like, you either have to suggest something else we do or we're going with this. Right. Which yeah. is where Sean gets exactly, or it's just like, yeah, if you if you uh, don't have a solution, shut up and just help. <laughs> yeah, and of course it's so, in the, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say so. He goes back and now he's flipping the circuit breakers, and he's trying to get the power on so they can at least turn the TV on and see if there's any new information they can get. And while he's flipping them, one he notices the private door is up to where the bar owners live is locked. Right. But also he's flipping them and one of the ones he flips turns on the light to the back door. And, and there's the silhouette of the the zombies. All the zombies he thought he he gave the slip. Yeah. Are right there. So he just goes mm, cl- turns Turn that light off, <laughs> closes the box and just uh lowers the little, the little pull down shade. Right. And that and he tells Liz like they followed me back and Liz is like okay, we got to play it cool. Um, Liz makes a mistake here, but obviously she's distracted, so I'll give her a pass. But she gives that a quarter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and which should have been a, a hint to anyone who knows Ed that he's up to no good. Yeah. Um, and he goes. What would he need a quarter for right now? Right, and he goes and puts it in the the arcade machine, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's some sort of like gambling machine. Yeah, that's he right. Wins other coins, but whatever it is, uh, you know, maybe it's something that's popular in british pubs or something but yeah he's playing a little game and he finally wins yeah <laughs> but but it makes all of this noise yeah, the, the, the noise zombies the are there and that's when the uh the um jukebox comes on as the bar owner comes in and so <laughs> we get that cool scene you know queens don't stop me now and they're beating yeah. on him in rhythm with the pool cues uh, they tell he's just tell, another testament to Edgar Wright is really good at syncing up music with scenes. Yeah, uh, he he directed Baby Driver, which does a really good job for sure of that too. Um, he's just a really unique filmmaker, and the they do all those cuts where it, it it makes more sense later on in the movie where it's like boom, 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 boom because they're doing things that are like heroic or actiony or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they do it at the beginning of the movie when he's just like making coffee, and it's like right. boom, he puts the milk back and ding, ding, ding with the with the with the stir of the spoon right. the rapid the fire the cuts cup. yeah yeah 
Well, and this is I where, don't know, just an, an Edgar Wright appreciation moment for sure. Oh yeah, it's it's very and like you said, Baby Driver is kind of almost the pinnacle of that. Um, but this is so David finally decides he's going to do something to help, and the thing that he does is flip all the lights on and off to let the zombies know where they are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's trying to turn off the jukebox because he can't move it or whatever. He can't figure out how it's plugged in, right? Because it's probably it's an old jukebox. It's probably very heavy and probably just plugged. It may just be hardwired into the wall. Well, I was gonna say awesome. they probably have the plug somehow attached to the the outlet so that somebody can't just come along and unplug it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know that happens. Now the whole place is surrounded by zombies. <laughs> um, this is also is you it- know somewhere in here is where they find out that. Uh, that Sean's mother, Barbara, has been bitten. Liz, yeah, Liz finds it out. David finds out David finds out that the back door is overrun because he has to give up with the circuits. Right. Because they get through that glass. So then they have to lock that door. So now there's all these zombies in the hallway. Right. And the, you know, the moment comes where David turns the gun on uh turns the gun on Barbara and then Sean breaks the bottle. They have the Mexican standoff, as it were with the broken bottles, Ed breaks a bottle and points it at David. And then Diane points a bo- breaks a bottle and points it at, <laughs> at no, Ed. She asks for, she asks for Ed's bottle. She yeah, goes, that's right. It's a bit unfair. So Ed hands her her yeah. bottle. Then he grabs a corkscrew and that's points right. it back at David. Correct. And Diane points it at Sean. And then this is where the, you know, the reckoning happens and, and Sean accuses David. You're just, this is all about how you love Liz and how, and you know, it doesn't matter what I say, it's going to be wrong. And now you're trying to shoot my mom. Yeah. Uh, and so David, you know, and, and, well, and then Diane ends up turning her bottle on David, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and this is where uh, right after they shove the bar owner into the jukebox machine is when there's a little bit of a turn for about 20 minutes of the movie where it actually becomes scary. Right. Well, and, and gone, we, gone is the daylight and the safety of that and feeling like, oh, they might just this plan might just work. Right. And now there's dread that the plan might not work and everything's falling apart and it's dark. And it actually, you know, the way they have his mom change over yeah. is probably the like the most, jump, the jump scare of the film. Yeah. And it and it's the most like blatantly just supposed to be scary. Right. There's we've, no joke to it. We've also neglected that during while the sh- they're fighting the shopkeep is when the but the gun gets tossed from behind the bar yeah and we covered that earlier he swings around with it almost shoots ed in the head it, we find out it's real and they have 29 bullets 29 shells yep and uh so anyway this is where david kind of has his little his throws his tantrum hands over the gun to sean says you you know well then you do it sean doesn't want to shoot his mom she turns he ends up having to do it. You're right. It is a scary movie and it's a scary moment. And it's like, it's a tough moment. Cause you kind of think, well, maybe they'll have Barbara survive somehow. No, which, <laughs> which yeah. Cause it's, you know, especially if you've seen the movie before, like, you know, that like in the end, they kind of treat the zombies that made it through without having to be fully exterminated to save people. Right. That like, they're just kind of like bumbling animals at that point. So there are some that survive and kind of, in a way, reassimilate back into society, but not Sean's mom. Yeah, and it's it's worth talking about at this point. You know, zombie movies all have different sets of rules, and and this movie had already established that that process takes a while. In some movies, like Twenty Eight Days Later, it's almost instant. You've got yeah. like ten or fifteen seconds, and then you're a zombie. Um, I think you know, in Dawn, in like Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, 
the time's a little variable, but it's it's a longer turn. Well, it all I've done a lot of reading on zombies, which is all fiction, right? Technically, presumably, fiction. hopefully, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it talks about how like Philip turns faster because he gets bit in the neck, so he's actually killed. So it's closer to the brain. By well, he's just killed by that actual wound. That's a good point. Yeah. So you can be if as long as you've been bitten and then you die, as long as that doesn't include your head getting destroyed, you're gonna turn. Right. But most of the time, which is this what happens with Sean's mom, is she gets infected and gets a fever and whatever might else come with that specific virus. And sure. so that's what kills her is the actual zombie the the whatever virus it is. Yeah. sickness kills her and then reanimates her. Um I, I like it better. When it's like that, uh, 28 Days Later is a more interesting one because they don't actually die and reanimate. They just become Right, they infected. just infected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just thought it was it's interesting how you can play with those tropes. And in a movie like this where you can have that be the ticking time bomb of Barbara, you know something's wrong with her. You finally get the confirmation that, in fact, she's been bitten. And now it's just, it's kind of, as we said, like, had she lasted a little bit longer she might not have had to have been put down, so yeah. to speak. Um, yeah, well, and one more comment on the gestation period of zombie viruses. That's one of the reasons why World War Z isn't scary at all, because theirs is like, yeah, it's like 10 seconds. Yeah. And you turn in that one. And that's not scary because it it, it leaves out the suspense of, yeah, somebody hiding a zombie bite or somebody turning when you don't know. Or I, I think that's an important aspect of the zombie movie because the original Dawn of the Dead does that with one of their characters. How right. he gets bit and then he's around for a long time. Yeah, they do their best to treat him, um, but he eventually, eventually, there is no way to cure the zombie virus right well and it's this sort of classic trope in a lot of zombie movies of the person who gets the the injury and then tries to keep it secret and of course like Mm -hmm. we said there's a lot of suspense there the thing that's that subverts that trope in this movie though is that barbara does it does it because she doesn't want to worry sean she -hmm. says like it's not because she knows that she's going to get killed she's kind of oblivious to that idea it's that she doesn't want her son to worry um feels like he's stressed out enough today precisely yeah he's having a bad enough day he doesn't need to worry about me which ends up meaning that he has to shoot his own mom. Ugh. But so then, and that's kind of all when all hell breaks loose. Yeah, that's the. This is the fastest part of the movie where everything just bam, 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 bam. Because David's about to leave, he takes all the barricading off the front door, and he's about to open it. And Diane's like, "That would be a very stupid thing to do," and yells and at him, finds, like scolds him essentially. You know. And, and he, and he says, he says, sorry. And she goes, I'm not the, maybe I'm not the one you should be apologizing to. Yeah. And, and, that, and he doesn't get a chance to do it because, and I think it is, it's worth, um, kind of noting the humor or the irony that there was such a big deal made about how breaking the windows was going to make the Winchester less secure. And, and, the, and then, and then, and well, and then he even unlocks the door. Yeah. And, and then it's that they crash through the other window <laughs> and it's the, grab it's him. The, it's the place they didn't have barricaded. Right. They barricaded up the window they broke. They barricaded up the door. And then the zombies just break through the normal window. Right. And pull him out and tear him apart in gruesome fashion. And then Diane has 
a hold of one of his legs. Then she opens the door and runs out to go save him. But while, like, while you're holding one of his legs and, and using it got... and using it as a weapon, yeah, <laughs> like clubbing zombies with it. Yeah, she, she, you know, she had to disappear somehow. So Diane's gone. Diane, they don't gone. kill her. They she just disappears into the mass of zombie bodies. Right. The zombies come in through the back door. They've broken in. That's when we get the roommate Pete, and he, you know, he's in his undies. And they, for a second, they think they're gonna get it under control, right? Because Simon shoots a few, and they actually he gets good he gets good shots in, and then they're gonna try to rebarricade it, right? And then it just doesn't work, right? It just too much damage has been done. They're all in there. Ed tries to make a Molotov cocktail and he's standing too close to the back door and they escape through that. They're not, they don't escape the zombies, zombies break in, in through, yeah. through that and led leading the way. Pete. Pete. And that's when they, and they get Ed, they, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's a tragic moment and really get the, him, uh, bite him in the arm and bite him in the neck. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's Pete who bites him in the arm, and I think the former porn star, quote unquote, correct, who gets him in the neck. Yeah, well, they 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 uh, have a. She's hungry for something, you know. They <laughs> they mention that that she's hungry for something. I won't. I'll keep this as family friendly as possible. But um, so they end up jumping behind the bar, lighting the bar on fire to give themselves a little more time. And then somehow Ed comes flying over. That's yeah, like the flops most, over. Like, <laughs> like wow, it, it's clearly surrounded completely by zombies. But I think that's just kind of part of the joke. Is right. Like, he just comes flying over out of nowhere, and now he's under there. And Ed, who knows even more about the Winchester for some reason than Sean, is like, "There's a cellar. Right. There's an entrance to the there, cellar. Something. We go through there. Um, well, that's where he goes to get the beers earlier, I think." Anyway, maybe not. But the point yeah. is, is he knows it's there. The 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 bars on you know the zombies get behind the bar. The and the bullet, the box of shells heats up enough to start start firing randomly to give them an opening. They get down in the cellar. And it kill, kills a few of them for them. Sure, they get down in the cellar, and this is kind of the moment. They, there's the idea is that in the cellar there's a lift that goes to the outside. Um. Yep. But they can't find how to get out. Sean, you know, desperately tries to open up the doors. He can't do it. And so they're pretty sure they're doomed. Uh, Ed's bleeding profusely. And this is kind of that moment, too, where where they're trying to decide who's going to kill whom uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, commit suicide. They've only got two shells. They've only got two bullets left. Yeah, shells. Yeah. And because yeah, that's funny because Sean calls them bullets earlier. And, <laughs> and Ed's like, no, call them shells. Call them shells. Yeah. And so... Liz suggests that Sean's going to have to shoot her first and then himself. And he does kind of a comedy really so and then turns it on himself and then has his brains coming out the back. Um, mm-hmm. And then he says, I'm, you, you, I, you can't you can't expect me to shoot my mom and my best mate, my best and, mate my and my girlfriend all in one day. And she's like, oh, you think I've taken you back? <laughs> and he's like, well, you, well, you don't want to die single, do you? Um, they're about to smoke so- a cigarette together. Well, and, and cigarette, and she said like, well, and he was like, "Well, I quit smoking for you," and she was like, "Well," and that's yeah, that's when she's like, "Well, I got the cigarettes out of the bin." Yeah, you left them at my flat, and he goes in, in the, the bin. bin. Yeah. <laughs> they light; they're about to light up. The lighter reveals the the uh, controls for the lift that's mm-hmm. that are going to get them out. They leave Ed with the gun as the zombies kind of start to come downstairs. 
He's like, yeah, because Ed's like, Ed's like, there's no point in me going. Look at me. I'm not going to make it. I'll just slow you down. Like I always have. Yeah. Is that like little character arc of, you know, him finally admitting to being a force in Sean's life that's been holding him back. Yeah. And so they, they go up the lift sort of, you know, hefting weapons there's still zombies everywhere outside of the pub, and that's when the But there's light... at least some room to move, so even if what ends up happening didn't happen, you'd think they'd have at least a chance to make a run for it. Right. Because all the zombies, they had, you know, they had... Poured inside. Oddly enough, kind of given them the slip. Right. By taking them on a, on a circle, and now they're outside, and all the zombies are inside. Right. And so they're, yeah, they're kind of getting ready. They're they're amping up to, to start running through the... the the thinned out crowd of zombies and that's when the the lights flash on and all of the the uk military comes with their automatic you know rifles and just starts you know pouring pouring bullets into hot lead into these zombies <laughs> um like i said in, in another just, zombie movie you might have the fear that the the hero and the girlfriend were are going to get shot with the zombies but no mm-hmm. uh and that's when yvonne comes out wearing a military jacket hefting a golf club it's like oh you you two are here <laughs> And she's like, he's got his tie tied around his head because he got a dart into his head. Yes. He's covered in blood. They're, yeah, they both look like got hot s- garbage. And she just looks fine still. Yeah, Yvonne looks like, like kind of a badass. Worked, yeah, her plan, her plan worked, worked perfectly. Out perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> and They should have just turned around and followed her. Precisely. When they m- met up with her. Yeah. And, uh, well, and then that line, at least I'm glad somebody made it. You know, because it's, oh, it's just mm-hmm. the two of you. Well, I'm glad somebody made it, which was the line from earlier in the movie when he was talking about how they were still dating. And she's just glad somebody from their college days is still dating. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, then they flash forward to six months later. Sean and Liz are living together in the house where Ed, where it had been Sean and Ed and Pete. Uh, it's much tidier. It's much tidier. There's some, you know, decorative cushions. Uh, yeah. She offers to make him tea. He takes it with two sugars, which is a throwback to you know what his mom had said. And he <laughs> says, "Oh, I'm going to slip out to the garden for a few minutes." Yep. And oh, we skipped. Man, we skipped the joke, the return of the fart joke, where he says, "I'm sorry," and farts one more time right before they. Anyway, I'll stop doing it when you stop uh, laughing. Yeah. Um, and so he goes out to the the shed and. Uh, Zombie Ed leans over and tries to take a little nip, and he's like, come on, man. And then they, you know, player two enters, and then the movie ends with them playing video games together, and Queen, my best friend. Trivia question. Do you know what video game they're playing in that movie? Uh, I'm going to guess it's Mortal Kombat. No, I I, I don't know for sure, cause they, but they show the, the pause screen, and it's a blue pause screen with like a like this like yeah. emblem wishing around and i remember that game on ps2 i'm 99 percent sure it's time splitters okay well, which was a uh a first person shooter that had i don't remember exactly but some sort of time travel aspect to the game sure okay um, and i i remember when you could enter player one and player two because it was before online play so you could just kind of enter players whenever and i i remember that voice too well and that's a very um that's a very uh, like arcade game thing where you could, like another player could kind of just jump in at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, there you go. I watched it on the Blu-ray. Okay. Which has special features. Oh, okay. Tell me more. And I watched. I watched some of them last night. Which it's funny because I remember watching them on the DVD that I think I got in the mail from Netflix. That's. <laughs> 
you know yeah it's not it's not that old a movie in the grand scheme of things but that's an it's idea old of how enough old that this that movie was a is. thing yeah yeah that it came in the mail and netflix kids netflix used to just send you a dvd in the mail yeah but, <laughs> so i've wa- i've now watched these uh special features twice in my life 15 years apart but i remembered this specific one and it was the uh it was under like missing bits and then it's plot holes okay and there's three there's three of them that they kind of storyboard comic book style through and it actually says the art is done by oscar wright who i'm assuming is edgar wright's brother gotcha um so the first one is how did sean lead the zombies away from the winchester and get back how did how did he give them the slip but not really so this one runs through and it's it's the it's the actor narrating it too which is kind of cool so it's which shows you that they cared about this movie right i think they had a good time they they wanted to add extra bits to it if they could and they did with this so he's narrating it and he says you know he distracted him and everything and he he took him down a few blocks and realized that they moved too slow so he had to wait for him and then after he did that a few times he got him far enough away he decided to hop in uh, like a dumpster and wait for them all to pass by that way mm-hmm. and then get out of the dumpster and he's like and that's how i gave them the slip but the last little frame of the drawing shows one zombie turning around and seeing him got it so that's how they they get back to the winchester second plot hole that they hit diane what happened to diane what did happen this to one's diane? not really a plot hole it's more of a like what happened to diane sure um and so this one they go through and she talks about how she she got out there with her boyfriend's leg and was fighting it off and found out that you know he was not going to make it so then she climbed up into a tree to wait it out and must have through exhaustion you know mentally and physically passes out Mm -hmm. and when she gets up the winchester is like burned out it's not burned down but like burned out nothing there she's not really seeing any sign of anybody around or any zombies but she doesn't know what to do so she says she lives by eating parts of david's leg for a few days until she finally decides to come down everything's fine and now she's living with her aunt up in the country yeah well there you (laughs) go that's what happened to diane third plot hole final one they go over how did ed make it and this one's probably the funniest because Nick Frost does a really good job of narrating it as his character, Ed. And he says the, the first broke through into the cellar that he shot and killed the first zombie that came down. He's like, luckily, he was such a fatty that I was able to <laughs> pull him over top of me and hide under the stairs. And the zombies didn't notice me. And then just a few minutes later, the army shows up and takes care of everything. Right. He was still a human at that point. So he was able to stay quiet enough and hide enough that they didn't notice him. Weeks later to check out the scene sean goes back to the winchester to see what happened to it and he finds ed in the cellar just stumbling around as a zombie now under the cover of night they say he leads him back to the shed where he has him under a rigorous training regimen to make sure he's not going to bite him because he almost bites him right there at the end but so that's what happens to ed that was part of the special features that i I think that's the most interesting part I, i would like to watch it with the commentary at some point side peg and uh edgar wright all in all as as we kind of alluded to like Shaun of the dead solid movie holds up again 16 Mm -hmm. years later uh it's a fun watch it's especially like you know you said chops if you really enjoy zombie movies it's a fun it pokes fun at the trope but also fully embraces the sort of trappings that come with it yeah when i was 
when I was thinking about us talking about it, I was thinking like it's not really a spoof or a parody, but you can just recognize it's just a, a good zombie movie that they decided to lean into comedy more than action right. or horror. Apparently, they so, referred to it as a rom zom com, a romantic zombie <laughs> comedy. There you go. That's that's yeah. That's a pretty good explanation of it. Um, one of their one of their only like for sure on definite reference to uh, famous zombie movies is when they're going to get Sean's mom and Ed yells into the phone, we're coming to get you, Barbara, which is the famous line from the beginning of Night of the Living Dead. Right. Which is a good one. Uh, I don't know. I just wanted to point out that detail because I remembered it because it's a nice detail. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think, uh, folks, that kind of wraps up our take on uh, Sean of the Dead, the first of our spooky month. Uh, movie reviews and pop culture reviews if you want to let us know uh, your thoughts on Shaun of the Dead if you have any suggestions for uh, some other spooky movies we could talk about send them our way you can do that on Twitter by finding us at nerdassoc that's N-E-R-D underscore A-S-S-O-C uh, you can email us at nerdassoc at gmail.com and again we're looking for some of your pop culture hot takes so uh, send them our way to talk about at the end of the month Uh, Yeah, thanks for joining us today, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. 